Hey guys, welcome to The Josh Simon Show, the show where we chat a lot about health, a lot about fitness, and a little bit about everything else. So if you enjoy the content, definitely subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you enjoy the show today. Hey. What's up, man? Hold on, I can't hear you worth spit. Oh, really? Is that? Yep. It, it, no, it was me. It was me. Okay. Uh, make sure I got my speaker and my microphone right. Does it sound like a spaceship like it has in the past? No, it's actually well. I last, so far. right so far. I feel like the last time we had a chat, it would just sporadically <laughs> turn into into UFO mode. Yep. <laughs> oh my god yeah so i got a new mic for christmas because i'm having a little samson uh I think it's go is the name of it tiny little thing um but i just did a podcast episode actually with uh jenny mo um and it was so much better in terms of the sound quality i was, I was right. pretty sick i i effed it up the first time because i didn't go into the settings and switch where the audio was coming from right so it was still taking it from my laptop even though i had the microphone in front of me. I felt like an idiot, but yeah, <laughs> you're using it now. I am. Yeah. It sounds yep. good. You're clear. Thanks. Crystal clear, man. Love that. Uh, yeah. I got some, new, Oh, I got some new tech today. I got myself a, uh, a UB size tripod, a little tripod thing. Awesome. Um, be able to record some video and not have to prop my phone up against the wall or a shoe. <laughs> there you go. I dig yeah. it, man. I know, moving up in the world, you know, fifteen dollar right. items here and there. It's amazing what it does. High production value, dude. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm away from work too now. Yeah. This is day two of being at home for me. Because I had a, I had an encounter. So, so I was still working. Um, I know. So hold on. So I was at work, and I was working with this guy. And the, a day later, that guy calls and he says that his roommate tested positive for COVID. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Now, granted, the, the guy I was working with, there wasn't any, there was no hands-on. There, was, there wasn't really any proximity of me being super near him. And I had a mask, thank God. Um, so that it's not like one, it wasn't one of those fancy in 95 or whatever, but it was at least something to, to give a barrier. Um, so yeah, that, that honestly weirded me out a little bit. And so now I'm doing a a two week self quarantine as a result of that. So I have a lot more time now. (laughs) Same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So how's it, how did your situation and because uh, was your yours is voluntary, right? What was, what was your situation? Yeah, it started out um, voluntary, where uh, I had asked. Gosh, I'd been asking my supervisor since the beginning of March. I was like, "Yo, are you watching this? What, do you have a plan for this? What are you going to do about this? Do you, have you guys thought about this?" Um, and he was like, "Everything's on the table. Everything's on the table." I kept hearing that. Uh, right. So I had asked, like, "Hey, we're going to try and." you know, talk to our patients about telehealth options. Are we going to, you know, what's, are we going to furlough? Are we going to take time away? Blah, 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 shut down, like with pay, without pay. And he was like, everything's on the table. Um, and then it got to a point, it was March. 
it was what, the 17th. It might've been, it was a Tuesday. Um, and I called him and I was like, Hey, it was like eight o'clock at night. And I was like, dude, I'm looking at this and I'm, I have to pull the plug on myself, um, to do what I think is best for my health and my patient's health. Um, and part of my hope honestly was that being the only therapist at that brand new clinic, that they would be kind of stretched thin and they wouldn't really be able to make it work long-term. And so they would kind of go, all right, we're going to press pause over here. Um, at that young clinic that had been open for God, six, eight weeks at that point, it was six weeks that it had been open. So, um, I was hoping to kind of have that domino effect and it didn't quite do that. They were able to manage some coverage amongst therapists from other clinics that have Maryland and DC licenses and do the juggle. Um, and then, uh, on the Friday the 27th, I got a phone call from my supervisor and I kept in touch with him and he kind of was like, Hey, how long and how long are you going to be away? And I was like, dude, I don't know, but I'll, I'll know what I know. And I was like, I can definitely say at least a month, right? That's very, I'm very confident in that. Um, right. and then, you know, I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, it's probably gonna be longer than that also. So I can say two months type thing. And then on the Friday, the 27th, he called me and he was like, Hey, so how to, you know, they talk ownership and blah, blah, blah. And they've got clinics all through Maryland, Virginia, and DC. Um, and it was pretty much like come to work or you're being terminated. And it was like, fair. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not changing my mind. And he, he, he didn't try. He was great about it. Um, his communication with me was fantastic and it wasn't forcing. And I said, dude, here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's what I'm not comfortable with. Here's what's up. Here's what I think we need to do. Um, based on clinical judgment, kind of going off APTA's statements and uh, looking at DC department of health. Oh, that was the big, that was a tipping scale for me that said like postpone non-urgent, um, elective and outpatient visits. And I'm like, that's right. us kind of, you know, not that we're elective yeah. or not, you know, I'm not trying to downplay the necessity and what we do for people's health, uh, in the community, but, um, yeah, I was like, okay, that's my, that's my tipping point. I, I thought that was the best course of action. And I was told that, you know, they'd gone over stuff with their attorneys and, they thought they interpreted it differently was like literally the, the quote. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, so you don't need an attorney to figure this out, right? Like you need an attorney to cover your ass. Um, so I understood what they were doing and I had, was very comfortable with my decision. And I was like, I'm not changing my decision. And he was like, I'm not calling to like try and convince you otherwise of, you know, I, I wouldn't want someone to come in who doesn't feel safe coming in or doesn't want to be there. It's not good right. for our culture. It's not good for potential quality of care for patients and all that stuff. Um, I thought he had a pretty good head about it. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, so pretty much, you know, I got laid off and I told him like, Hey, if things blow over, um, trying to keep my doors open avenues and yeah. opportunities, bridges afloat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I kind of said, Hey, I'll, I'll come back when things are, I'll come reapply when things are smoothed over, you'll get a phone call from me. So my guess and hope is somewhere around June, right? That you know, beginning of June, two months from now, like when we kind of flattened out similar to how, <laughs> hate to use it because we've, I feel like it's been misleading from the beginning, but how it's flattened out, like with China, um, looking at their trajectories and their data points over time. Um, I'm still curious to see if there's going to be an uptick over there as like a second wave or anything like that. But, um, so I had to go back and give the key actually on Monday and in mm -hmm. return, I borrowed a piece of equipment. Uh, my wrist was bothering me. So I grabbed a Digiflex just to like work on my grip a bunch I had to bring that back and whatever else. I was like, ah, yeah. it was kind of sad. I had to like give the key back. Went, <laughs> right. Kind of monumental in a way. Um, 
but I, I feel good about it. I don't really regret it. And, uh, then I, I was like, all right, time to jump on this unemployment train with like, originally it was like 3 million. And then now it's like 6 million Americans apparently. Um, so that are unemployed? I, yeah, I think that got laid off or, or having issue or even applying for unemployment right now. And part of that is also, um, part-time employed people who lost hours. They can also apply with the new, uh, relief bill that was put through. And then also gig economy is being told like kind of to wait. I think some people are applying anyway, try and get their, you know, paperwork started and through. Um, so I called, uh, or I tried to do DC unemployment online and, uh, oh my God, this was the biggest headache of my life. The <laughs> clinic has only been open for six weeks. Now it's two months, but six weeks okay. at the time that like I was, I was there pretty much. Um, and they ask online if you've worked between, God, it was like October of 2018 and September of 2019 in DC. And I was like, well, no, cause I've only worked in 2020 in DC. Right. So I said, no. And they're like, Oh, sorry, you're, you're not eligible to apply for unemployment in DC. I'm like, Crap. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to call. So I jumped on the phone. I called and I went through the system and I knew they opened at eight thirty, so eight thirty on the dot. I'm calling and I go through the initial thing. It hangs up on me when I click one to file a new claim. And then I go to general, uh, I leave a voicemail, at, you know, pressing seven and leave the voicemail with my phone number. Hey, give me a call back. Um, and I had spoke to somebody on Friday of last week, actually. That was like, yeah, let me call back in three days. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, obviously that didn't happen. I don't blame them, but you know, it's just kind of like, Hey, that's tough. Um, right. and then I called again and I hit three for general information thinking he was going to read off, you know, like, Oh, our office hours are da da da. And here's where you go online and file a new claim. Uh, and it, I actually got a person, which was really exciting. So then I talked to the guy there and, uh, he was like, you need to go back and you need to press two. And I was like, no, no, it says two is for existing claims and, you know, repeat, blah, 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 mm -hmm. recertification, whatnot, week to week. And he was like, no, we were just told yesterday that is for filing new claims. One is for like research and that will hang up on you. But two is for new. And I was like, wow, this is revolutionary information. Also, I just got off the phone with your system. They can tell you whatever they want, but on the user experience side, here's what's happening. I wasn't trying to push it on him. I was like, this is just right. literally what I just did four minutes ago. So I'm just telling you. Um, so then I got the phone and I called back and I went through that process. I hit two this time and I sat on hold for four hours. I saw your post about that. Yeah. At four hours and two seconds, it goes, Bloop, and it just hung up and that was it. There was no like goodbye. And I was just like, it was done. And I oh my God. had headphones in, you know, I had one in and I kind of have it in my pocket. And, um, I was texting people back and forth and I was reading because I can't like do much, you know, like you can't have too much brain power elsewhere. Cause I kind of have to be able to be ready for a person to jump on and be like, Oh, hi, my name is Phil Van Pelt. Blah, blah, blah. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, cause I'm, you know, they're, they're not wasting time. If they don't hear you, they might just hang up and move on to the next person. And I, I called, um, when I did, uh, I was on hold for four hours, but the day before I, I called at like nine o'clock or no, sorry, I called at one, I called at one, 1 PM. And I knew there was no shot, but I couldn't even get on hold. It was so overflowed. You couldn't even get on hold. It was like, sorry, it just seems like <laughs> overflowed. Goodbye. And it would just hang up in the first three seconds. It wouldn't even give you the menu of options. Um, was it yesterday? I got time. I, I think it was yesterday I applied for unemployment. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. But when I successfully got through, I called at 
8.28. They don't open until 8.30. I knew it takes me about three minutes to get to the menu option. I want hit the button. Three minutes later, someone was like, hey, can you hold for a few minutes? And I was like, yeah. So I was on hold for four more minutes and I talked to somebody and it took me 15 minutes, 20 minutes to give her my information and say, hey, I was impacted by COVID-19, lost my job, blah, blah, blah. I was laid off. Um, I was terminated and uh, gave mm-hmm. me stuff and I got an email last night saying I'll get something in the mail. She told me I get something in the mail and then I just got to wait until next week to get something in the mail from department of employment services in DC and then go that route and kind of find out what's what. So I know it's kind of this exciting <laughs> stop, and start, stop and start waiting game. Um, right. Yeah. But that's my, that's been my employment unemployment experience so far. Um, and then just trying to take it day by day, you know, talk with people, reconnect with a couple old friends, a couple of phone conversations, uh, chilling, you know, FaceTime right. with my parents, uh, a couple of workouts, which is weird to me. I don't know if you've had, if you, how you've been doing with this, but like working out in my apartment feels very odd to me. It's terrible, man. I actually joined cause I was doing some workouts on my own and just kind of planning, a like a split. And I actually did a, a podcast about this earlier, but basically about how I've been trying different workouts that ordinarily I wouldn't do like running or yoga. I mean, I have been doing yoga before, but it was really just for mobility. It wasn't like intense. Let me do an entire workout based off of yoga. Yeah. And I've found very quickly that I keep up with it, but there, I don't know. I, I can stick with the yoga because there's someone telling me what to do. But when I plan my own workout, that shit just doesn't work. So I joined this app called Daily Burn. Mm-hmm. You know, have you heard of that? I've not. So it's one of the more popular workout apps where you, you kind of like follow along with a class or, or whatever. Uh, the problem is, is that a lot of them take uh, require equipment, dumbbells and and like a lot, like plyo boxes and kettlebells. Oh. I don't have any of that. Yeah. So anyway, I did, I found a, a body weight one today that I tried. And uh, <laughs> there's like certain, so the, the person that does the instructing, I, I get that you have to be like motivated and peppy and like, yeah, yeah, go, hurrah, hurrah. Yeah. But it's just, it was so over the top. It reminds me of like the P90X and, insanity just like way over the top hypeness yeah and i'm just like you, like i'm cool like you can, <laughs> it feels kind of like, yeah you can tone it down a little bit like i don't need all that but i get it some people probably like it so anyway i've been i've been doing some of that and my workouts haven't necessarily been much longer than about 30 minutes it's hard to work out at home yeah it's weird um Kristana was saying the same thing. She was kind of struggling with the idea of like doing a full workout at home, kind of like sticking, going through the whole thing. It feels very odd. I think it feels very odd. I'm getting a little bit better at it, but um, when you're just kind of doing something, it's like, bleh. and it doesn't have the same like gusto to it. So I get how, trying to have that raw, raw energy, but um, I think that's something, you know, we think about like technology and how advanced and how, automated will we get and i think to a certain point we will always need that certain amount of in-person connection and uh, experience 
with other people kind of embracing the suck, if you will, right. Of pushing through a workout, doing something hard and challenging together in the same room, even if it's, you don't really communicate. It's just like, you, I don't know, there's a certain solidarity to that, uh, environment that I think, and and the environment itself, right. How it kind of primes your brain to say, okay, here's what I'm doing. Uh, it's very interesting. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the, uh, the, the whole CrossFit experience and, and all of that. Cause even, even the ones that you can do where it is a group class, you know, it's, it's this pre-recorded thing that's already been done. And it's like, well, you, you don't feel it like, like you do when you're in person. And yeah. so that's been, that's been pretty difficult. And I've known that for me trying to just work out on my own without anything, without any video or whatever, I did a workout, I think it was either yesterday or the day before. And I was like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do, I forget what it was. It was, I think I was going to do something similar to one of the workouts I'd posted on Facebook prior, like the, what was it? hundred pushups, hundred rows, hundred, uh, some sort of shoulder workout. I yeah. got through half of it. I'm like this, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I just went and got a coffee. I was like, this, yeah. is, this is, there wasn't any motivation there. I think that's okay though. You know, like it, this isn't like normal circumstances, right? Uh, I saw something earlier that kind of shifted my perspective a little bit on it. And it was like, you know, this isn't, and this I think goes for workouts as it does like, physically working right for from home and whatnot it's like we're not you're not working from home and kind of changing the how you phrase it right you're more you're home during a crisis trying to work mm-hmm. i think that takes more into account all of the psychological and emotional uncertainty and turmoil and uh clash right like deprivation you know of connection which kind of with that you know what you're just talking about um i think that's the thing that sets us back almost the most is like we crave connection we crave that that personal intimate side of things right i think that's something that in some way or another whether it's office culture or it's you know, gym or, or box, you know, environment and climate and culture and, you know, something in the atmosphere, right? It's like, it's in the air. Like when you walk in, you know what you're there to do and you're all on the same page. Um, but right now with like everything the way that it is, there's a crisis and we are trying to maintain some form of normalcy, but, you know, kind of recognizing that like, it's not really going to be is okay. And I, it was interesting to almost give myself permission when I read that, I was like, oh, you know, like we're just, we're just trying to work while there's a crisis going on. We got to I think reframing a little bit helps, um, be less critical of ourselves of like, oh, I used to be able to do X, Y, and Z, you know, without a problem. And now I, I can't even do half the workout that I want to do that I did previously. So, uh, it's super interesting how to like that psychology, how the brain does that, but yeah, something I've been thinking about is like the psychology of this a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How are people in general taking it around where you're where you're living? Are people generally pretty adherent, or is no one like giving a shit? Like, what's um, there? I, I I don't know if I can 
<laughs> you can definitely tell when you walk outside, right? That there's not as many cars. <laughs> I live literally a block from the DC border, um, in, in Maryland. And we have very busy intersections on either side of our apartment building. Um, and, uh, the traffic is dramatically decreased. So I do think by and large people, a majority of people are, are staying home, which is fantastic. Um, and you know, you know, when you're walking around, it, it feels, it has that eerie ghost like feeling to it in some sense, but there are, there are still some people doing stuff. There's still like construction guys and, you know, landscaping crews working at the apartment complex, like next door. That's you know not high rise. It's more spread out. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, that, that, I, that can't be essential. I'm sorry. I mean, right. the construction piece of, of the purple line for mass transit, maybe you can argue that, but, uh, you, you mowing the lawn and blowing the leaves for that apartment building. I, I, I struggled to, uh, reconcile that, but I would say people are mostly following it. Right. I'm, I don't live in Florida. You know, it's not pictures of people on the beaches flocked. Hanging out. <laughs> um, right. So I don't, I don't have a great, example of people not. So I'm going to say that people by and large are, um, I actually went to the grocery store on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, and you know, I had simple surgical mask and gloves and trying, when I got out of the store, I took them off and, you know, I tried to have a process so that anything that I touched ended up on the floor of the car. And then I was able to, you know, clean it and disinfect it and leave it for a little while and then come back and get it. So, um, try to have a, a smart process to that as best I could. Um, right. and if nothing else, like the mask will help me from not touching my face. It's amazing how much we touch our faces and don't even realize it, whether it's just like scratching your facial hair, you know, or your chin or like oh, yeah. kind of brushing your, your hair. Like I, it's just, it's amazing how much we touch our face and being aware, like trying to be more aware of that now is, um, eye opening, but even then, um, I think people did a good job trying to like do circles around each other. We're like, I walk to the right and they walk to the left a little bit oh, the really? to give that <laughs> extra space. I did that with a few people who were also wearing masks or gloves and, you know, one or both or one or the other. Um, and, uh, at the grocery store here, I have, we have a giant, um, stop and shop in other areas and whatnot, mm-hmm. but at the cash register, they had like a giant piece of plexiglass. It was probably, I'm gonna say two and a half feet wide by three to three and a half feet tall so that like if my computer screen is and i'm the cashier and i'm scanning Uh stuff just behind the you know their screen was where that wall was you could stand there you'd have the credit card machine just to the side of that and so that you know there was a very physical barrier um between you and, and the cashier and it it had me thrown for such a loop i didn't scan my you know shopper bonus card and i definitely threw away like 12 bucks in savings on the chicken that I bought. So I was kind of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> shaking my head, but you know, and I was like, I, I don't even care. Um, but it, it did, it was a very different and odd experience, right? It was, um, I don't think there was any music playing, right? Often like grocery stores have a little bit of background music. Oh, really? Right? Like, yeah, oh, like there, there was nothing. Um, which, uh, the entire experience was rather odd, right? Cause you're, I think cause you're, I was so concentrated and focused mm-hmm. trying to be careful and diligent. Like if I touched, you know, I, I grabbed like a, a thing of bananas. Like I didn't touch one and go, Oh, these are too green and put them back. Like I was like, all right, I'm taking these and done. 
so that I you just got to minimize my touching. Yeah. Go take, get out. Um, so I was only there for 25 minutes or so, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it just felt weird. And I don't know how to describe it other than that. I think it's cause it's just so different than what we're used mm-hmm. to. And we got so used to that normal hustle and bustle. Uh, and now it's like slowed down. What about you? What do you got near you? Well, the, so the main grocery store around here is Publix. And yeah. I, I want to say that they're doing the plexiglass thing, which I think is a good idea, by the way. I thought that was a, I saw that on the news the other night and I thought, well, that's a pretty, you know, genius solution, I think. Yeah. It kind of <laughs> bank tellerish, but yeah, you're, people are using <laughs> yeah. that anyway. So it's not really that crazy of a concept. But around here, so the what they've been doing here since we have obviously a ton of older people is grocery stores are open eight to eight now. So limited, you know, relatively speaking hours. And then from seven to eight is basically senior hour. And so if you're 65 and older, you can have room in the store and and you can, you know, do what you need to do at that time. The thing where people screw up is whenever I would drive to work, I would go and I would pass by a Publix and I would usually pass there around, uh, let's say like 7.45 or so. And there was always a group of people waiting in line to, to get in the store. No distancing, no, yeah, no shits given. They're just like crowded around the front of the store. I'm like, and this is really, like, I could, like, I could understand it if it was, you know, a month or two ago and things are kind of just starting to unravel. Not many people are taking it seriously, but now it's pretty evident that it's everywhere and people are still, now some had masks, but even still, they're just all, all up on each other waiting for the store to open. One, (laughs) what, what do you need so immediately that you have to wait in line to get it? You know, unless you're like trying to go before work or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Let's be real. A lot of the people that live around where I do are retired. Like they, they got nothing but time. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't really see a need to to wait in line. But I haven't actually been to uh, a grocery store terribly recently, um, so I don't really know what it's like on the inside. Our mm. our house is pretty stockpiled at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Um, March fourth, I went and did my. I'll say my, I don't want to say doomsday preparedness shopping, but like that's when I went and spent, you know, $170 on like soup and beans and rice. And like that, that's where I got my, you know, prep because, um, Christian and I, we largely will do a fair amount of produce and try and do fresh fruits and vegetables and, and, uh, you know, buy a pack of chicken and then have, you know, that in the freezer for the next like week and a half, two weeks. And then I'll have to buy another one when that starts to get low in that second week. So we didn't really have, you know, a ton of food just like on hand, you know, four or five jars of peanut butter and extra cans of tuna type thing. So I, I had a, I have a friend who uh, lives and works in New Jersey in close connection with the government over there. And they were like, yeah, well, this is looking at like four to six weeks of, of issue. And we should be prepared for four to six weeks of, of problem. And that this was first week of March, this was a month ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Hmm, you know, I don't have much. And I looked around and I was like, nobody else is doing anything about this right now. So I went and did my thing and I went and, you know, got 95% of what we needed type thing. Um, 
that day. And then it was like, I right, pick up a little extra, you know, went and bought colored pencils like two weeks ago. Um, colored give, pencils? Give us something to do. Yeah. I need something to do. What are you doing? Coloring. <laughs> are you serious? Like you have yeah, a color? Got, it's on my fridge. I, no way. I posted a picture of it on my Facebook actually. Yeah. It's on, go look at my Facebook profile <laughs> like three or four posts ago. I have, I have a picture. It took me three fucking hours, but <laughs> you do like an adult coloring thing. It's supposed to be like, Oh, it's an adult coloring book. Yeah. Like relieve stress and all that crap. I don't rec- I recommend the adult ones cause it takes so dang long, but, um, you don't mean like adult, like nude photos, do you? No, 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 no. It's not <laughs> complicated, right? They got like tiny little, uh, shapes and you know, there's a whole bunch of different, little areas and look up like adult coloring. Um, and you'll find, I'm looking, I'm looking for your post about it. Oh, okay. Uh, you'll see there's a lot of intricate detail to it versus like if you do oh, a, a kid's with, book, uh, a hope thing. Yeah. It says hope on the front. Oh, it's going to be clear white yeah. for the writing, but, um, cause I was on there so long and I started to get irritated about it. My palm smudged the, <laughs> it smudged. So then it got like kind of messy. So I was like, I got to fill this in. Um, right. Dude, that but looks like, like you think, ass. I'm not going to lie. It was. After a certain point, it was just a process. It was a task to complete. But, you know, you look at uh, kids coloring books, right? And it's Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. And there's right. four colors and there's 12 rectangles you got to color in. And there's no background. And this is like detail in the background, detail in the forefront. Like it, it very different. 15 minutes versus three hours and I couldn't find anything in the middle. So I went with three hours, unfortunately, as it turned out. Um, yeah, but I did my, my shopping pretty early. Uh, and then now we signed up for Peapod for like a grocery delivery service. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Which fantastic idea, except, and I read about this happening in China, um, that when the clock strikes midnight, the next day becomes available. And they do about two weeks at a time in advance that you can plan out your grocery delivery. So I looked at, I don't know, 10 o'clock, nine o'clock at night, one night, like uh, last week. And every single time slot was sold out for the next two weeks. And I was like, oh, wow, between now and April 11th. Um, and I was like, okay, so I guess I'm not ordering groceries right now. And I, that's when it clicked. Like, oh, I read this article about what was going on in China in you know February, early March, where you know at midnight, then that next day, two weeks from then becomes available in the system. And so everyone tries to log on right away and claim and reserve their time slot so they can buy groceries. Um, so you have to, you know, get in and reserve a time slot and then check out and you can then reserve that time. Um, so I ended up rolling over actually at like three o'clock in the morning. And so I got up and I just like popped in a bunch of groceries, you know, basic stuff, milk, eggs, bread, um, you know, tried to, double up a little bit. Cause like, I don't know if I'll be able to get that again. Um, and I did it, you know, at three o'clock in the morning and there were only two spots available out of you know, an entire 10 hour, 11 hour delivery day for those guys. It goes from 6am all the way up until about, it was like eight or 9pm that they had time slots available. Usually about like every hour of like, Hey, it'll be between, um, and they had two where it was between my, my slots between 6am and 1.30pm. And the other one was from 3pm to 10pm that like they might show up during that time. And I was like, Oh crap. So I took the early one hoping that like, if they go early and then it gets messed up, hopefully it'll come later in the day. But, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, that was kind of a surreal thing. And now of course I forgot my password for the Peapod account. So I have oh. to do it on my phone. I can't like transfer it to my laptop to make it easy. So Chris and I can look at it and be like, all right, do we want to add anything? Do we want to change anything? whatever else. So it was like, ah, um, 
but yeah, it's kind of a, a crazy thing too. I, I recommend it if, if we can do it, if you can do it, a little grocery delivery action, again, min- minimizing that person to person contact where yeah. we think a large part of this is and is transmitted between I guess us. I just worry so. about the, I, I worry about, well, I don't really worry, I guess, but I do have a little bit of apprehension about someone else getting the groceries, especially if they're not doing their part. Like I assume it's the, like Peapot, what is it? That's giant, right? You know yeah. 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 So I assume it's their employees doing it. So they probably have standards, but I know that there's other, uh, there's other apps and, and things where it's not the employees. And I guess I'm a little bit skeptical of, of that yeah. kind, of, kind of a thing. And I'm picky about my produce. But that's, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. Um, <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah, there's dude. other options like Instacart, right? Because not every grocery store, like, that's I don't it. know if that's you guys have Aldi's, yeah. right? Like, they don't yeah. have a delivery service, but Instacart will go to Aldi's, have someone go there, buy your stuff, and then you, know, you end up getting charged for it and they'll deliver it to you. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, there's definitely other question marks there, but it's kind of like, all right, how do I hedge, kind of hedge my bets, minimize my risk as best as possible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just do what you can and then kind of go, okay, I'm going to roll with it from there, kind of ride it out, see what happens. So yeah. Do you use DoorDash or anything like that? Have you been doing any of that recently? You mean like for takeout and stuff? Yeah. Or no. do you not do that? Do you cook everything? Um, we, we pretty much cook everything. This was like, Oh, Eye opening revelation for us, you know, when people are like, Oh, now I have to make dinner every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And I'm like, Yeah, well, what did you what did you do before this? Like <laughs> um, because we by and large will we'll stay in and eat, right? And oh, um, it's right. definitely helped our savings, right? If we go out for a couple of drinks on a you know, let's say every Friday night, all of a sudden if right. we spend thirty bucks, you know, having a, a couple a few beers or whatever between the two of us, like plus tip and poof, like you're at $150 for a month really fast. And if we did that twice, then it's at $300, you know, Friday and Saturday night, then it's at $300 a month. That's a, you know, $3,000 bill each year or or more. So, um, for us, it's always been about kind of the, I'll say partially the frugality of it. Um, and a little bit of the health. And I think it's worked out for us in this instance where like, Oh yeah, it's not too much different for us now. And we know how much groceries we need in a given week versus like, if you only, cooked at home, let's say three or four or five days a week. And now you got to do all seven or most, you know, higher percentage. You go, crap, like how much do I actually need? You kind of have to guess and figure it out. That, like we know, all right, here's about how much we'll need for you know, a given week and then you know, go from there. So, um, yeah, we don't like do a lot of takeout. We don't go out and like eat a ton, um, which has helped, I would say with our savings and ability to pay loans. So, um, pretty Good for you, man, that I would say, I would say fortunate, but like, didn't happen by chance either. Right. Like there was some yeah. thought that went into that. So, um, yeah, it was the decision we made. That's good for, that would be so freaking hard for me to do. I'm going to tell you that right now because I am someone that I don't really like cooking. And so I'll do yeah. a Sunday meal prep and that usually lasts me till Thursday. Okay. But then Friday, Saturday, dude, it's <laughs> let's go. That's, yeah. that's one thing that I at least feel comfortable splurging on i i guess i find other things to to scrimp on because friday saturday night that's time to no i'm not talking like go out and get hundred dollar dinners but you know happy hour 
I'll go out yeah. and do some of that. I love, especially around here, do people happy hours basically all day here in Florida. That's all people do. So <laughs> <laughs> they're retired. All I got is time, right? <laughs> you no, know, one of the one of the biggest uh, deals that I see around here, at least in Port St. Lucie, is uh, places will do two for one. So you buy one Bud Light or whatever the case may be, yeah. and free. It's not oh happy hour. Let's get it for half off. Let's get you trashed. You're gonna buy one. We're just gonna give you another. And that almost seems like a better deal for people. So then they just, you know, pile uh. on. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, yeah, I mean, if people are going out for happy hour or drinks after work type thing, like we don't, you know, that's the thing Like we can be like, oh yeah, like let's go. Uh, cause we're not going, oh crap. Like I already went out three times this week or we, you know, did take out a couple times a week. Like shit, like our budget is getting tight. It's like, all right, you want to go out? Cool. We can do that. Um, and DC is definitely a happy hour hotspot too, depending on where you are. Right. Oh yeah. my God. So, you know, if people are going out and having a drink, sure. I don't, don't have to feel bad about it, which is pretty awesome too give and take um that's interesting like play on on the happy hour deal of like instead of oh you know half off or two dollars off beers is what we'll see a lot here right it'll be a a seven or eight dollar beer but you'll be like i'll get the eight dollar one because now it's six versus right yeah eight so well everything's more expensive there (laughs) yeah how much how much is like a I don't know, a, a decent beer, not a Bud Light at in, in your area? I would say pretty much if you want to get anything craft, it is probably $5. <laughs> Never above okay. six. Unless you're going to an actual specialty place. Got like it. we have a place called Vine and Barley, which has a ton of craft beer in it. And so obviously if you want to get this bourbon barrel-aged imperial yeah. stout, Yes. Uh, that's going to run you, even that's like eight or $9. It's not okay. my face again. Um, yeah, I did it before. <laughs> right. Little, like thumb the nose, like a little itch. And right. like, oh, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, that it's, it's never terribly expensive. Um, for, for me to get DC prices, I'd have to go down to Lauderdale or Miami, obviously. But I will say the food up there is way better than it is here. So you could see that. Yeah, I would say the same thing here. You go to the some of the smaller hole in the walls, it's a hit or miss thing. And if you go to a bump in place DC, more towards downtown, that's like not a chain. You can get some fantastic food, which is always nice. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what else are you like doing? Like what's what's your are you able to work on business stuff or what's what's the deal with that? Yeah, so um I had had this planned in my head for a while that I was going to try and go in this direction. Um, but I kind of figured I would do it <laughs> between now and through the end of the summer. And I've kind of like changed and shifted and narrowed the focus on this. So, um, that's why I've been more active on social media, on, on Facebook, I'll say in particular, um, my, so I've been doing coaching with actually a guy who's down in Clearwater area, uh, online, um, knees over toes guy on Instagram. And he is a, an online trainer coach, um, who's had knee pain and issues and knee surgery is in his teenage years and had a lot of pain and an issue and wasn't getting better. And he kind of just started figuring stuff out 
of how to make this better and then improve his athletic performance and get rid of his pain and just keep going and then replicate kind of this process. Um, so his, one of the things, his things is like, if you can walk, then I can help you get started and get moving. Um, so I found him through somebody else on Instagram and, you know, it was like, all right. And kind of, you know, you check people out for a while and then you know, I jumped on board. He had a little deal going on. So it's, uh, it was 30, it was like $31 for a month online coaching, uh, $50 normally $50 month to month, no contract, be done whenever you want. And then you can, uh, record yourself on your last set, send it in, and then they will review your form for you and give you feedback in less than 24 hours. Um, and they've got you know, programs and of kind of varying variety of a bunch of different varieties. Uh, you know, if you don't have any equipment or you don't have a gym to go to, or if you're focusing on kind of improving your jump or, um, you're, you're a football player trying to put on more mass and then also get faster and more flexible and everything else. So, um, I started doing that and that was, I would say my first three months of the year of 2020 doing those workouts and holy cow, I have never felt bouncier in my life. Um, really? I signed up because my, I've always had the dream of dunking basketball on a you know 10 foot hoop. Um, I used to be able to grab, you know, the rim with two hands without too much of a problem. Um, yeah. I've, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I can, I've got some hops, but I wanted to, I was like, all right, how can I get that last bit? Right. How can I get those? You know, it's probably another eight to 10 inches to get above the rim. Um, I think I'm probably at like a 30 inch vertical right now. It's probably my guesstimate. Damn dude. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was just learning to try and do this, you know, like for myself and I started figuring out like, okay, like this, a lot of it is very similar to things we do in rehab, right? So people have knee pain. We have them walk backwards on the treadmill on an incline and it's a great way to get them moving a little bit of a warm up without really causing any pain. Um, and working on step downs and, you know, getting some calf raises in and right. then just going, okay, how do we progress that step down? And he calls it, he kind of named it for himself in a way. He calls it the Patrick step up. Um, but it's effectively a step down in the rehab world, right? You're oh, right. on the block and you step down, touch the heel and then come back up. So you're working the eccentric and then the concentric mm-hmm. um, phase of the motion start and only work in pain-free ranges and, and rep schemes. And then as you get stronger and get better, you can build up the height. Then you build up the height to about you know six, six inches. Once you get to six inches, then how do we make it harder? Well, we add weight, you add more resistance. Then when it's just you or you're going down the stairs, your body is now capable of more than what the stairs in everyday life would require. And so now you're able to better tolerate that. So a lot of his, um, I'll say approaches to how he built his workouts makes a lot of sense from a physical therapy standpoint. So I really liked it. Um, but he works a lot with younger, I'll say, you know, freakish athletes, um, down in in Florida that'll come and work out with him, you know, totally shredded. And I, I, as a PT, I think about like the older population in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, who are being told, you know, they have bone on bone, they've got crazy arthritis in their knees and, you know, they just kind of shut down and they, you know, they're told like knee replacement is your future. And then, you know, like 30% of people with knee replacements end up so like they're, they don't get, I'll say the promise that, you know, of the, of this cure that they were told about. Right. Um, I, th- I think knee replacements are a little bit oversold as to how great they can be to help people mm-hmm. with knee pain. A lot of people do really well with them, which is awesome. And they're getting really good at minimizing like the damage or injury to the body during the surgery. Um, 
but people still, there's still a good chunk of people that will have this surgery and then not be better. And we're doing about 700,000 knee replacements in a given year. And they're expecting it to go up to three and a half million in the next 10 years per year. Right. So, um, there's so many people that could benefit, but if you change the marketing around so that it's not a shredded, you know, 29 year old, uh, basketball player towards other, you know, athletes who may have a little nagging knee pain, want to get back to being able to play basketball or play soccer or whatever, maybe, um, how do you guide that? How do you kind of remold that so that you're, you know, 55 year old, uh, mom or dad who's got knee pain, but won't, hasn't really done anything about it yet, but they're looking at their parents who are in their eighties and going, Oh crap. Like, you know, kind of like grandma, grandpa had a knee replacement. They had a lot of pain and they struggled with it. They weren't really able to do as much. Um, and they're kind of going, Oh shit. Like, is that coming for me? So my hope is to be able to kind of take what I've learned and put my own personal spin on it and then be able to package it so that, um, to kind of hopefully give people another option that like knee replacement doesn't have to be your end point, right? That there's more, um, that you can do to improve the ability of your knees to kind of strengthen your knees, um, and build up from there. So I'm working on, on that. So I'm currently kind of jumped into a couple of Facebook knee injury, knee surgery support groups, just kind of watch and learn and ask a couple of questions, interact with people, trying to answer questions where I can, uh, provide just a little bit of hope and encouragement. Knee pain is why I got into physical therapy personally. Right. So, um, to me, it's got a very personal feel and connection that, you know, that I was told <laughs> cartilage in my knee was deteriorating when I was 19. So, um, I remember having that fear of like, Oh crap, like I'm already old. <laughs> I get 19 years old. Um, so trying to, you know, if people want and are looking for something else, hopefully to give, you know, a better process. Cause unfortunately a lot of PTs are not great at exercise progression and providing optimal, you know, the necessary loads to create a change, create the stimulus effect that we want to have them get the physiological improvements um, which, you know, pain then kind of follows suit. So improve their function and kind of slightly correlated their pain also tends to go down also, but there's de-education, there's education, there's buy-in, there's marketing. Um, and then there's the actual delivery of this concept. So it's going to be, um, a process. That's why I actually got my, my thing. Cause I'm also right. I'm kind of quarantined. I'm kind of isolated. I'm kind of stuck in my apartment and I don't have any, I've, I've got some stuff, right? You know, I've got a, a 10 pound and a 20 pound kettlebell, which is weak. I mean, it's not much, but like I've, I've got no step, you know, I've got no True. Uh, tiered steps like we do you know, in a PT clinic. Um, I've got physical therapy textbooks. Um, you know, I've got yep. some TheraBand, but how, how can we build this so that people could do it in their homes, like with almost nothing? but so that it's also safe, right? Cause if I tell, you know, you or myself, another, you know, some, somebody in their twenties or thirties to stand on, uh, college textbooks, they're going to be fine. But if I tell a 65 year old, Hey, go stand on your encyclopedias and they slip and fall, <laughs> it could uh, be a problem. Farewell. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm currently working on, I, actually, I sent it to you. I sent you my, my banner picture. Um, yep. I'm calling it the, anti-knee replacement society in hopes of building a community around, Hey, there is, there is more than just the knee replacement. Knee replacement is not your end point. Um, there is more for you to do before and after. And then I'm also hoping to kind of break down some walls of like this, 
isn't just physical therapy because people are like, oh, I did physical therapy and it made me worse or it didn't help. It's like, all right, you went to a restaurant and the restaurant sucked. Are you never going to go to a restaurant again? Mm-hmm. No, you're going to go to a different restaurant. So like go to a different, better physical therapist and you should have a better result. Um, so there's, there's so much that goes into it. So as a PT, it's almost harder, I think, to pull this off than it is to just be a, you know, a personal trainer online um, <laughs> where you have less like a lower, I hate to say it, like a lower living up to your like highest degree or certification, right? He doesn't have to live up to a licensed physical therapist in terms of ethics and standards and, uh, Oh, I see what you're saying. You know I mean? I, I don't want, I'm not trying to mean him or, um, I think online trainers and certain fitness individuals have an easier time saying like, you need to do this stretch or exercise or like do this exercise on let's say social media, right. Or on the internet versus if I say it as a medical professional, I have to kind of cover my own ass, have a bit of a disclaimer of like, this is not direct medical advice, right? Like make sure you consult with somebody else before you just do this. And I think, you know, there's almost the avenue of like, oh, well, this guy who's a doctor at a physical, th- you know, doctor of physical therapy told me to do this online. So I did it where it was construed that way. And so then come after you versus like, oh, it was just another guy on the internet, another trainer on the internet, another coach on the internet that was doing exercise and I tried it. So um, I think we have a, a heavier pull, which is great, but we have to be able to live up to hopefully a higher status and ranking and level of authority and credibility, um, which I think I can. It's just like, how do you make sure, how do you ensure that quality comes through um, when it's on the internet? So got some questions to answer. I got some kinks to iron out, but I've got a good idea of it in my head. So that's actually what I'm working on adding people, trying to create that audience and then I'll grab a few people who say they're bone on bone and hopefully be able to really help them and then go from there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as long as you, I mean, obviously you'll probably put out content in in regards to this and, you know, for me, I think it's one of those things for you that I feel like just having that PT degree automatically. I feel like it's not something you have to live up to. I think people will kind of just um, take your uh, word for what you're talking about. And and I don't know. I, I feel like there's, I feel like a personal trainer would almost have to back himself up more than a PT. Because I think a lot of people know that personal trainer education is so like, uh, there's a massive spectrum. You can go to a yeah. weekend course or you can go to four years of, of undergrad, get your bachelor's in exercise science and all of that. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like having that PT puts you in an, a, almost an easier playing field because you have that instant authority because people will know you have doctor in front of your name. So be like, okay, well, this guy probably knows what he's talking about at least maybe more so than uh, my personal trainer down the street. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my thought. No, I think it's a good point. Um, yeah. Hopefully hopefully it plays out that way, right? Rather than like having to uh, 
have to really, you know, hopefully that plays in my favor rather than having to totally build up trust and authority and credibility from zero. Um, and technically I still have graph physio. I have, you know, telehealth capabilities. Um, and I've got a couple people that I've kind of been in contact with, but otherwise, you know, not, not too much. Um, I don't so have too much going different. on. So this isn't crap. Yeah, this is totally, this is separate. Oh. So um, is this another business or w- what? Business idea, but I haven't like, uh, formed a business entity for it. I don't, I haven't gotten to that point yet. So yeah. Okay. Very early in the process for me, I'll say. Yeah. 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 What is this story? Way? I, I saw your post about your knee. I, I gotta be honest though. I didn't read it all the way though. What, what's oh, that? That's right. Um, so I'll give it to you real quick. So I was, um, I kind of, I was doing a lot of working out and exercises, playing soccer, basketball, working out from, um, my sophomore year of college. And I kind of had started having pain and then it didn't go away for a few months. And then I went home, uh, for Thanksgiving and then I went to go see the orthopedic doctor and the guy told me I had chondromalacia patella and I had no idea what that was. And he didn't really tell me what it was. Um, so I went home and I looked it up and I started reading more about it and I was like, Oh, it's softening of the cartilage in my kneecap and deterioration away. And I was like, wait, that's like the beginning of arthritis. Um, so I started reading more and more and more. And then I went back to school I told them like, Hey, here's what's up. Um, here's what I actually think is going on. You know, my IT band is tight was what I said at the time. Uh, kind of went that route and they're like, Oh wow, you know a lot about this. Do you study this? And I was like, no. And they're like, why not? Like, what do you mean? You don't study this. Like you clearly like it. You clearly spent a ton of time learning and understanding this almost to the point that I do type thing. Uh, it was, you know, PT and the sports medicine doc up in Boston that I saw. Um, and I was like, huh. So then I did my PT and then I ended up kind of shadowing and hanging out as a, at, at the outpatient clinic where I did my physical therapy at. Um, and then I applied to get into physical therapy school and then I transferred and switched majors and then I became a physical therapist because of it. So, uh, definitely a, I'd say a personal connection of like that inadequate education. Um, and then trying to not settle for just the pathoanatomic problem, right? Um, but what's my function? What can I what can I do about this? So I've got a soft spot. I've always been very fascinated by knee pain, and like to think that I was good at helping people with knee pain. Um, but even then, there have been times where you're kind of bashing your head against the wall trying to get someone to do something without any pain, even if it's the smallest little thing. So. Um, now I think I've got the right pieces and I've had a couple more gray areas or you know, dark areas filled in. Like I make more sense of a bigger picture. Um, so I'm excited about that and be able to uh, hopefully help more people and then say, okay, like now I, <laughs> I'm kind of home. I'm kind of, I don't have a job anymore that I can go to. Uh, let me see if I can do something online and deliver it in a similar capacity that this guy does, but change the audience, right? Who it's for kind right. of change the messaging a little bit. And that's kind of where this came from. So that's where that story ties into where I want to go with this. Um, well, my personal connection to it. Yeah. Is that something you ultimately want to bridge into? Like focus more of your effort? I would love to. I mean, if that became like my primary source of income and it was like, I become kind of like an online coach with a physical therapy background and education degree. Cool. I would not be upset. Um, if it becomes a thing where it's like, Hey, I've got five people I'm working with and it makes me, you know, let's just say like less than a hundred or if it made me a hundred bucks a month, I'd be psyched. Right. Like if I got to help 
four right. more people, um, you know, five people, one person with this, then I was able to help one more person outside of that. I, what I could do in the clinic. Um, and once it's kind of up and going, right. That I hate to say it like that, a lower of online where if you can get your, your stuff online and have pretty much your base and foundation set up, then you don't have to be on it and add it all the time because there's video of you showing this exercise. There's video of you answering this question, going over this, blah, 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 that you can just kind of go, Poof, here's a 15, you know, a series of free videos. They're five minutes each. It answers your question about like the anatomy of this. It answers your question about like why the back of your knee hurts and you know what's involved with that and what you can do about it. And boom, boom, boom. And then it takes you five minutes to three minutes to send that versus, you know, it took you an hour before and then you can kind of scale it. Um, or just push it later on. So yeah, I think that's the thing I'd like to try online. Um, that I'm going to, sorry, that I'm going to try and I'm going to do online, um, and see where it goes. If it goes fantastic. If it doesn't, I'm pretty confident I can get a job again. So right. then I'll try like again it. later. Yeah. I, I like it. I, I think online's the way to go. I personally, even, even speaking as someone that has no clients right now, I already know that the the direction is is better. Yeah, from the ability to work wherever. I mean, hopefully we never see a crisis like this, at least for the next time we live. But to know that people who do have you know, online businesses are, for the most part, okay. Now, for people who've lost their jobs, maybe they're not able to do some of those online services that maybe they've done before yep. but either way i mean dude zoom the guy that owns <laughs> zoom is breaking it in i just yeah. saw online that in the past i might be misquoting this but i think in the past four weeks he made four billion with a b billion dollars <laughs> wow. him, but the zoom company Still, gener- yeah like yeah increased in value generated revenue or whatever four billion dollars in four weeks that is insanity i i can't even fathom that i'd be happy with a thousand dollars extra <laughs> you know increase right. on top of what i was making right like if he was doing let's say 400 million <laughs> he goes poof like i'd be happy with an extra thousand a week on top of what i was doing four right. billion Dude, he's crushed. I don't even know how the, like, I mean, I don't know how Zoom works, but I would imagine that uh, it would take more resources since more people are like using it now. But I mean, even this video chat, like it hasn't really, for me, it hasn't skipped a beat. So I don't know how they're able to keep up with all this demand. It um, is impressive. I feel like there's been other companies when they have a big blow up explosion like this, like, like, oh crap our servers can't handle it. And then like a website crashes, but like, this is video transmission, uh, transmission, receiving and sending video data with good quality. Right. It, we haven't had a widespread like, Oh crap, zoom uh, kind of shit to bed. And <laughs> now they're, you know, now everyone's like stuck and on the hook. Like now what it's done a great job so far. I mean, it's got, it got its issues, but um, yeah, overall I'm, I'm Surprise! I'm impressed. It's yeah, I love crazy. it. Crazy. The only thing I don't like about it is, and this is for general chatting, totally fine. I'm just being nitpicky as an an audio connoisseur. It does compress the audio in a crazy way, so that the like even when I when I post this, yeah. uh, it's gonna sound 
uh, tinny. Like right now you sound oh, clear and yeah. you know, I'm using a mic too that hopefully sounds pretty good, but whatever algorithm they use to, to compress it, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like, if I could change just that one thing and funny enough, a company did, and I forget the name of it. Um, it's some sort of, it's a, it's an app like this specifically made for people who do podcast interviews and okay. it has lossless audio. So when you go to export it, the audio is just as clear as how you're hearing it and, and how I'm hearing it. Cool. Right. Like obviously the general audience wouldn't need that, but for me, I don't know. I think that's no, but I think you can, you can feel the difference, right? When you're listening to something that was recorded and it's coming through a speaker versus the quality when it sounds like you're in the room mm -hmm. and there's no other noise, right? Like I, I, I think, yeah, most people aren't going to care, but I think even someone like myself who has, I couldn't tell you, you know, which way it was up with that sort of thing, <laughs> audio compression for files. And then, you know, what the science and the metrics behind that are. But, yeah. um, like when I hear amazing quality sound, like it is so crisp and smooth. You go, Whoa, that's, that's high quality. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't say I noticed, but right. It, I also, it's the me listening through headphones. When I listen to, to these on replay, I notice mm -hmm. it again. Okay. Like if you're listening through laptop speakers, it honestly isn't going to yeah, make it's probably nothing. It's, it's not going to make that big of a difference. And it's not worth me upgrading because the, the podcasting one is, I want to say it's like 20 bucks a month and it's just not, <laughs> it's not worth it for me to have like uh, incrementally better audio. Yeah. It's just me being nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> we all got our things right. That we're particular about. So, right. Exactly. Yeah, this is one of your things. Absolutely. All right, man. Dude, well, what's your shirt? I just, I'm noticing it looks like a oh, the shirt uh, you're wearing. Is that a Dr. Seuss? Yeah, it's, trust me, I'm a doctor. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I got it in. Or, trust uh, me, I'm a doctor, Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I got it at Universal. Very cool. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, that, I, I have to have it. I have to. <laughs> have to, gotta, gotta get it. Absolutely. Well, dude, it was awesome chatting with you. Yeah, man, it was good catching up. How are you doing? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just stop this. Hey, guys, thank you so much for checking out the Josh Simon Show. If you haven't already and you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I will see you in the next episode.